Hello everyone and welcome back again for the second part of Alone Against the Flames. Right, so part one there, um, obviously had to go away, get fed, watered, put my laundry away, give me eyes a break because <laughs> staring intensely at a screen uh, isn't good for you after an hour or so, you have to take a wee break. But um, so we got introduced to the character, Fred Wilson, he's leaving his hometown and taking up a new job in uh, Arkham as a journalist. So he's got this uh, small town sort of gazette, uh, small press type thing, going for a bigger, better job. <clears throat> uh, better resentment from his family and that, that he was leaving. But at the end of the day, nobody really cares. And he's basically setting off the new adventure. He encounters um, Silas, the coach driver. He has a bit of a mishap along the way. Um, to the damage for a bit of a crash. And then getting towards the village of Ember's Head, uh, the coach broke down. Ah, God, my brain's just man. Looks like I've already started. Um, Fred then went to uh, stay at a guest house. <clears throat> he basically agreed to come back in the morning. When he got there, we discovered that Silas has went on and left him. Uh, we don't know whether it's for various reasons <clears throat> or he's just been a tip nothing actually uh, happened between them <clears throat> there was an option in the game to maybe have a go at him but we didn't do that so that doesn't explain him going away as uh, fred's gone through the village he's not really getting anywhere it's really isolated uh the only thing we'll find out is silas comes through every week or two and there's a delivery supply truck come through every other week and that's basically it no one drives uh there's horse and carts about it's a small village and everything's basically um just rural landscape we have got the hint that there's some festival coming up and just before i left is at the last point uh ruth uh con i've got her name um the landlady's daughter has come up and warned uh fred to basically get out before the festival happens so now we've come here, he's uh, at the town hall and he's trying to find out what's going on and how to get out here. While he's doing this, he's talking to our characters and trying to get a feel for this. I've already failed a few roles, so I haven't found anything out revelatory, but we'll go here. So we're starting at number 43. If you're not familiar with the last puzzle bell, this is a, like a choose your own adventure single player version of the game to sort of help you get through the rules so a lot of the first video was me faffing about the character sheet adding his went along and working out the mechanics so now we're getting more into the story and uh, let's go you step through the door marked private the other side of the village hall is marked contrast to the public space the room is compact lined with shelves of books and file alcoves one corner is reserved for a tiny pantry, what is presumably a water closet. You study Mr. Winters as he fills the percolator. Although thin on top, his hair is oiled and neatly kept, neatly swept back. His suit is a sober affair, and well tailored, even if the cut is a little old-fashioned. A lesser man working alone might have loosened his bow tie for comfort. On the desk against the opposite wall, you notice what looks like a telegraph set. Okay, so here's our options. 
Dask away the Telegraph immediately, go to 56. To make small talk with Mr. Winters first, go to 49. Right, I think we'll do some small talk. Let's uh, let's see what Mr. Winters about. So let's go to 49. Uh, there we go, right. The pop begins a girl, as you exchange pleasantries with Winters. Living here, it's a trade-off like so much in life. He looks past you at the high shelf. I could wish for access to a proper library, of course. I know myself well enough. I'm strictly a dabbler. Dabbler, sorry. I'm strictly a dabbler. And the city's... His face wrinkles in distaste. Too many people. Everyone rushing and shouting. We have a special place here in Embertead. And someone must accept responsibility for keeping it so. That was my father before me. And now the duty falls to me. He lifts his chin and straightens up. This evening on the sunsets, look out at the landscape around the village. We have peace up here, halfway up the stars, halfway to the stars. Are we not privileged? Is this not worth the hardships we must accept? He looks at you speculatively. This seems a good time to ask about the telegraph. Let's do it. Beep, 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 beep. The telegraph? Hmm. Much as we value our isolation, we do need to link sometimes. You were hoping to send a message? I must apologize. The line has been down for two weeks. I reported the fault, but of course they're not so speedy when the problem is it lies in a rural area. I'm expecting a repair the day before, after next. I do appreciate how frustrating this must be. The coach is due in, what, three days? But I think he's going west. Perhaps you might engage a wagon. One of the farmers might... Ah, uh, you explain that you have asked a few of the residents already, but to no avail. <clears throat> I'll tell you what. Winters pours you a steaming cup of coffee. The dark liquid smells rich and strong. When the repair crew arrive, I'll ask him to take you back with them. How would that be? They might want a dollar or two to grease the wheels. The day after tomorrow? It's less than ideal, but it's the first real opportunity we've had. Oh, sorry, that was the written point. Sorry, I was doing character voice, not the written voice. Look, silly Colin. It's less than ideal, but it's not the. It's the first real opportunity you've had. Okay. To thank Winters and Lee, go to one eighty. To ask about his library, go to sixty two. Right. <clears throat> I don't want to just be walking around the village. Let's let's find out about the library. Let's get. Uh, Let's get these people talking, and they might slip something about what's happening. Um, it seems quite convenient that everything's broken down just as you arrive. Um, was it by chance that you got on the coach and had to be the only person going through there? Uh, or was it designed that anyone gets on the coach the minute they have a stray one person? It just all seems a bit convenient. So let's, um, let's talk a wee bit more and see what we'll do. So let's go to 62. You make a small but flattering remark about a couple of the volumes on the shelves when they're blushes with pleasure. Well, of course, they're not my personal collection. They belong to the village, he says. But I did select most of the recent items. This is the community's library, you see. I put up the private sign to stop people just wandering in for meetings in any other room. But this is really a public space. 
he's got on the shelves. There is a sparse but respectable collection of mathematics and the sciences, possible sections on history and arts, and a shelf of literature. He has a few lowbrow novels tucked away in the corner with tatty copies of Bizarre Tales magazine. Quality does not always equate the popularity, I'm afraid. Winter gives you an apologetic smile. Okay, now we're getting now we're getting guided. So to take some time for some research in the library, go to 68. However, to leave while it's still light outside, go to 180. So we're we're not getting any hints that anything's wrong, if that makes sense. Um it's just by chance it happens to be there. This village has gone on in its own world. And Fred just happens to have stumbled into it. So, so far, apart from Ruth, who's only 10, um, nobody's given any indication that there's anything wrong here. So, me sitting about a library isn't going to do much. And in my thinking, I would maybe come back. If it's going to be a day or two, I'll go back to the library the next day for something to do. Um, so, I'm going to leave while it's still light outside. So, let's go to one area. One eighty. No, leave it. No, leave it to go. Nearly. Aha. Yeah, better. Could I remember that when I started the screen? But as the light fades, you return to the lead better house. I need a light supper. May is unusually taciturn. Besides, flip the yours several times during the meal. There's an urgency there you cannot quite interpret. Afterwards, Mays ushered the girls into the room. <clears throat> You've been in Ember's head, Ember head, I keep saying hers, Ember head for nearly one whole day, and you already feel confined by it both geographically and socially. The evening seems to offer little. Right. To do some stargazing, go to 131. To attempt to speak to Ruth, go to 138. If you have a previous appointment, this is the time to follow it up. All right, so one of my counters might have had me an appointment. They would have given me the number, would have written it down, and then bounced it up. Um, do I want to be trying to speak to a 10-year-old girl in the middle of the night in a, or in the evening? No. If she had been a young adult or an adult, I would get it. But um, I know where the story's going, but I'm not not feeling it. I'm not feeling going talking to a wee girl about something she made up. Yeah, um, I'm a character with neither. I wouldn't even cross his bridge. I mean, she did. She's acting weird, but she's only a kid at the end of the day. Um, it could be the excitement of seeing somebody new. Want to tell them stories to get them, in, you know, uh, kids are like that. The minute they see something music, like, well, you're brilliant. Then when they get used, you basically don't exist anymore. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's do some stargazing. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I'm really overthinking this, something, but kind of want to explain my thought process while I'm going through this and um, engaging with the adventure. 131. Oh, yeah, hold on. Let me go back. 
I'm being silly. Back of it. 131. Right. He strolled the streets of Emmerhead. Already it feels like he knew every corner, every doorstep. There's simply not that many of them. When you emerge into an open space, the star the starfield above you is arresting. The streetlights of your hometown always interfered with the view, even on a clear night. But here, in this lovely blackness, a multitude of tiny diamonds shimmer between the more familiar stars. The spectacle occupies you for a few minutes. Upon returning your gaze to the earth, you notice a dark figure pressed behind a house. A loose stone skitters behind you. A second figure stirs from the alleyway. Uh, right. Is this where I'm going to get um, twatted in this verse shit about the knife at the hardware store? But it didn't make sense to do it. Right. So the retreat to the soft safety of the Let Better House, go to 157. To confront the figures, go to 163. What do you think, folks? We'll get some. Let's see if we get some combat done and get slapped about a bit. Okay. 163, let's do it. Let's go and confront them, see what's going on. You advance on one of the figures, calling out. It slips into the shadows. By the time you round the corner, it's nowhere to be seen. You turn to the other figure, feeling a simmering anger. As you approach, it also melts away. But behind you, in the dim yard, the first figure has reappeared. You could do this all night. The watchers know the village far better than you do. Perhaps it is enough to have known them. Ah, uh, perhaps it is enough to have shown them you would not be cowed. Frustrated, you head back to the Leadbetter house. Oh, okay, well, that was pretty uneventful, but you never know. 157. Oh, oh here we are. Right. The familiar surroundings of your guest room are becoming constructed. The neat bed, small wardrobe, small wardrobe and dressing mirror have a feel of a present sale about them. What are you still doing here in Emberhead? Your new life is elsewhere. You lie on the bed and stir at a small crack in the ceiling. You turn over the bed's events, thinking through the little details you spotted. You are certainly weary from the elevation and the fresh air. But do you still feel safe here? If you let yourself fall asleep, go to 224. If you stay awake, go to 230. Um, okay. One or two things are going to happen. Um, if I stay awake, uh, if something's going to come in at me, I'll be ready for it. But I could also stay awake and collapse in the unconscious to get me down. Um, yeah, so let's go to 2.30, let's stay awake. Two hours. Sleep presses down on you. You blink it back and sit up, trying to think through your situation. Everything in Emberhead seems to be working to stop you leaving. Perhaps the answer is to strike out at first light. To walk as far and as fast as you can. 
you can always return for your possessions. And if you lose them, you have nothing so precious that it could not be replaced. A tiny creak draws your attention to the other side of the room. Aha! Slowly, almost silently, the doorknob is turning. Right. To grab it and wrench the door open, go to 248. To pretend to be asleep, go to 254. Um, let's pretend to be asleep and see what happens. 254. You slide onto the bed and lie on your side, eyes closed. The hinges creak as the door opens. There's a long pause. A footfall sounds inside the room, then another. The steps are careful and feminine. You give it a moment, then open, one eye a crack. May crouches with her back to you. She is fiddling with something in the fireplace. Okay, to confront May, go to 260. To wait and see what happens, go to 266. Um, yeah, let's go to 266. Let's pretend um, I'm a journalist after all. Um, obviously, you want to investigate see what happens. So let's go to 266. After another few moments, May glances round at you, and you hear the soft scratch of a match being lit. She applies it to something on the grate and tiptoes from the room. Once you hear a bedroom door, once you hear a bedroom door, you creep to the grate. A small mound of black powder, though bigger than a thimble, is burning there. It gives off heady flames. Right. You may make a hard sense uh, botany roll. If you succeed, go to 76. Otherwise, you may extinguish the powder and sleep, go to 58, or stay awake through the night, go to 52. Or you may relax and breathe the fumes out of curiosity, go to 26. Yeah, I'm not going to breathe in weird stuff. It's only sneaked into a room and that. Um, hard sounds, botany, I don't think I have that. No. Oh, I've got, um, I was going to pick Natural World, but that didn't work. Um, archaeology, fools, I don't have it. Psychology. I still have to instead, so I'm not actually seeing sense. Oh, right. So I've chosen botany just for the sake of it. Um, I would have known what they're lighting, so I don't think that's good. Um, so, you otherwise you may extinguish the powder and sleep or stay awake through the night. 
right? So the first two options are going to extinguish the powder. Yeah, let's stay awake. Uh, let's go to 52. Fifty-two. Close. There we go. Nah, I'm, nah, I'm suspicious. I'm gonna get out of here at the first opportunity. Right. You stare out the window and watch as the sun reaches the horizon, bathing the village in a sickly orange. It has been a long night and you feel stiff and irritable. You rub your eyes. A few minutes later, you hear May bustling in the kitchen. Then the front door opens and closes. Okay, make a constitution roll. If you fail, your skill roll suffer uh, today, suffer a penalty. Roll the 10s percentage, die twice to take a higher result. This is not the title, not sanity or damage rolls. Right. So my constitution is 50. Ah, ha, ha. 30. No, it doesn't matter how I get. No, 30, right. 36. But I passed it. Okay. Axel, first roll of pass since I've started this. Right. Now go to 64. The lead batter kitchen is empty, although bread and eggs have been laid out for your breakfast. There's a note from May explaining that she's taken Ruth out for a few hours. If you're involved in a fight in the village last night and want to investigate aftermath, go to 70. Otherwise, go to 78. All right, so this is me. Um, I didn't walk around the village. I went to the town hall and then I came back. So I kind of kept myself out of stuff. So let's go to 78. You make a quiet circuit of the village, pausing in unobtrusive places to watch the villagers. It is rather busy for this time in the morning. Yawning locals stream back and forward along the roads, carrying bundles of slit logs to the site of what you've heard referred to as the beacon. You see two figures already up in a superstructure arranging the wood. The festival bonfire will be most impressive. But do you intend to see it? Oh, do you intend to stay to see it? You suspect by now that something is amiss here. While the villagers are distracted, you may do some illicit investigation. Or you may simply leave town without looking back. So search Mary Ledbetter's bedroom. Go alone to the go alone to the village hall. Take a closer look at the artisan's courtyard. Spy on activity at the beacon. Slip down the east road and flee for good. Okay, prudence indicates there's something weird here. I'm not actually on a job. I'm trying to get through the Arkham. After last night, May's um, dodgy goings on, that's kind of got me wound up. I've stayed up all night anyway. Um, I'm going to get out of Dodge, or try to.
is probably going to kick things off and get me captured or something. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get out of here. I'll try to anyway. Because, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. I'm getting a wicker man sort of vibe here. <laughs> I don't want to be at the top of that funeral power, thank you very much. <laughs> or that uh, beacon as a guest. So uh, let's go to seven. Five, six, seven. Oh. As you approach the southern road that descends to the lower ridge, you see four villagers blocking the route with farm tools and clubs. You veer off the you veer off and head towards the west road. Your heart sinks as you see exactly the same scene at the other exit from the village. You are trapped. Ah, now we're kicking things off. You try and talk your way past one of the guard groups. Go to 119. To try and slip past in disguise. Oh, oh dear. Um, to try and slip past in disguise, go to 125. Or do you know another way to leave the village? Oh, so there's something. God, there's something I could have picked up. So do you see how this game works? Uh, by the choices you make, sorry, my eyes went what we are. So by the choices you make, you um, basically end up, you could find the answer, get out of there. But a specific set of circumstances you have to do, and your dice rules also indicate what uh, what can happen. Um, so here I'm trapped. Now, I don't have disguise. My disguise is uh, 5%, so that is absolutely useless. Talk past the guards. Oh, sh I should have picked fast talking, shouldn't have. But if they want, um, intelligence, don't have history. Um, I've got persuade at 50. Let's see if they're asking for right. Disguise isn't going to work if too low. I'm going to fluff that up. I have a funny feeling I'm getting captured either way, but let's go to 119. Let's see if I can charm my way out of this. So there's a way to get me out of this village. And obviously I missed it. 119, okay. Yeah, I didn't pick fast talk. <laughs> I knew it was going to be fast talking. Oh, man. <laughs> The southern group appears to be less sharp than the western group. You stride up to them and explain they are needed at the beacon. They look dubious. You offer to watch the road for them and hold out your hand for a pitchfork. Nah, you come with us, says the first one. Zip like bride, brands into your frown. Right then, make an extreme fast talk roll. This is a roll equal to or less than one-fifth of the skill value. The number in the lower right box if you succeed oh right they're they're not letting me out of the village there's no way i'm escaping this is where the adventure's taking place um okay so let's have a look at fast talk which i didn't pick right fast talk is a five percent so i'll be one percent there's not even uh there is no chance of me even rolling that. I would have to roll a zero and one 
to get anywhere, so there's no point me even trying to roll that. <laughs> I knew it. If I had to give myself fast talk and uh, some points, maybe, but we're not doing that. Okay. If you fail, go to 139. So we're going there. That's that's just where we're heading. Hundred and thirty nine. These locals are not as stupid as you think. They grab you and march you back into the center of the village. Go to a hundred and eight. Tell you what, there's some layout and thought goes into these. I used to love these to choose your own adventures as a kid. Just interesting way it does. So The fading light from the narrow window tells you the afternoon is giving way to evening. Your hands are shackled behind your back, so you cannot even lie down on the rough bed. A woman you have not seen before comes in. Her face is wrinkled and her eyes dull. They have not meet yours, but she puts a cup to your lips. Ah, so I wonder if I have a try to talk to Ruth. Could that have helped things? But anyway, um, they accept the drink, go to 104. They reject it, go to 30. Well, not drinking weird stuff. I'm tied up. Um, 113. You turn your face away, and when she tries again, you dash the cup from her hands using the side of your head. The clear liquid spills across the floor. The woman gives a half shrug, then turns to leave the room. You shout after her, but she gives no reaction. You soon become thirsty. All right. That's because you're thinking about it. Too old. Two oh five. So I think if I had to stay in bed and breathe in those fumes, I'd have been here sooner. This is where everything's leading. So it's how the hell they get something out of this. Um, okay. As the light fades outside, your little prison becomes dark. You can hear much activity around the building. Occasionally, an orange glow passes the window. The only comfortable position in the shackle seems to have sat around at the edge of the bed, with your arms hanging behind you. You need to concentrate and come up with a plan. There's clearly no escape from your bonds. You don't know exactly what your captors want from you, but you cannot ignore the fact that they have spent an entire day constructing a massive bonfire. Yep, right, go to 27. The door scrapes, wrenching you back into the moment. Orange light spills into the house from blazing torches held at the threshold. Two large villagers step in and grab you. At least they assume at least you assume they are villagers. They wear heavy black cloaks, and your faces and hands are painted entirely black. Save only for a red triangle centered on their left eye. You try to drag your legs, but they reach under your arms and lift you bodily from the bed. Outside, it seems that the whole village is congregated to see you. Every single one has a blackened face with a red triangle motive. Torches sputter and spill fire. You struggle, but you can see physical resistance is hopeless. You march to the central street and turn to face the beacon. Go to 117. 
Ah, dum dum. 117. I'm going to die. The procession down the approach is slow and formal. Save when you sense weakness and yank at your captors. A chill touches you when you see three humans. Nah. A chill touches you when you see three human ships carried ahead of you, draped in red cloth. The beacon looks, looms larger and larger. Its dreadful silhouette, a black triangle pointing to the stars. A low drone begins amongst the cloaked figures, and begins amongst the cloaked figures. Unbidden, the word mourners comes to mind. Smoke from the torches make you cough. You feel heat on your face. As you reach the clear area around the beacon, three dancers break from the pack. Young girls swinging balls of fire and spectacular arcs draw circles in the night air. One by one they draw close to you and touch your forehead with sooty fingers. Each kisses you three times on the left cheek, right cheek, then forehead. Then they whisper in your ear. The smell of kerosene fills your nostrils. Make an up roll. Um, okay. If you succeed, go to 10. If you fail, go to 148. Uh, this is coming to crunch time. Okay. Sixty. What have got? Fifty. Four. Right. <laughs> Passed. <laughs> um, go to ten. Right. Uh, that's going to do not. on ten, okay. Through your sacrifice, the village will be reborn, says the first dancer. You pass from earth to earth for all our sakes, says the second. I've weakened the chains, says the third. Don't try to escape until the flames are high enough to hide you. You stir at the third dancer. In that inky visage, you clearly discern the frightened features of Ruth Ledbetter. Their dance weaves off and then disappears behind the buildings. So if I'd spoken to Ruth uh, beforehand, uh, probably would have been warned going away out of the village before this started, but um, we're here now. Let's do it. Number 18. As you arrive beneath the beacon, ten villagers close in on you. Working with surprising coordination, they immobilize you, they lift you up. Uh, lift you up the blackened iron stairs to the raised platform. You cannot help but shiver at the sight of the central framework, twisted from past blazes, and what you can now clearly see to be fasting points for a chain. None of their eyes, none of the eyes meet yours as they lash you to the metal. The village sings now something rhythmic and ancient carved from odd syllables. A second group ascends to the beacon, carrying the three uh, carrying the three red draped bodies. With reverence they arrange their burden in a triangle around your feet. Then they withdraw, leaving you alone with the dead uh, leaving you alone with the dead, shin deep in the sea of kindling.
It seems the entire village is gathered around the beacon to watch you burn. Behind the face paint you recognise Mary Ledbetter. And yes, that is Silas, the coach driver standing by her side. The audacity and scale of the deception staggers you. A man steps up in the dais and raises his hands with quiet authority. The frame of the spectacles obscures the red triangle in his face. So we draw here together again in this night, as we do each year to give thanks to the one who will preserve the village against the fire of the void. You will be taken by the ones from above in our stead. Your death will bring life to our streets and bounty to our fields. It will safeguard our children and our elders alike for another year. We salute you. He bows his head. All around the beacon bearers step forth and lift their torches to the edge of the raised platform. A ring of tiny flames flicker up through the perimeter. As they wink, the singing of the villagers drops into an unearthly rhythm. To throw all of your remaining strength against the bonds, go to 44. To wait and see what happens, go to 40. She said not, oh God, this is where it gets. She said not to try to escape until the flames obscure me. So if I do it now, I'm going to get caught out. God, it's going to be hard, right? I'm going to wait. Uh, obviously when the flames go up, that's when I have to escape. If I do it now, I'm going to, they're going to know and they're going to catch me. And maybe put Ruth up there as well. Um, I know it seems a bit mad, <laughs> not to like, jump away straight off, but let's, uh, let's wait and see what happens. We know what's going to happen, but let's wait. Let's go to 40. Um, right. The flames snake across the kindling, catching and raising smoke. Uh, catching and rising. Smoke rises and it becomes difficult to see the villagers. Three bodies surrounding you catch fire blazing with sooty red flames. You begin to cough as the smoke enters your lungs and fight down the urge to panic. If you have learned a strange chant and wish to try it, this is the moment. Otherwise, go to 65. God, there was so much I could have been doing in the village. Ah. Oh, man. Oh, well. Um... So it was, I genuinely thought my adventure was going to happen in Arkham, and this was maybe a setback or a sidestep that got me involved in something. Uh, I didn't realise this was the main adventure, so I kind of was a bit blasé about it. So it kind of shows what this game's about. You <laughs> you have to be like sticking your beak in everything, but uh, good to know. Right, let's go to 65, see what happens to me. Sixty-five. Flames lick at your legs, your eyes water, you're shrouded in smoke. It might be your imagination, but you think you can feel a slight give in the chains. You throw yourself against them, giving no thought to how you how they bite into your wrists. Take one day six hit points of damage from the fire. Okay. <laughs> If this reduces you to zero, you collapse and you're burned to death. The end. Otherwise, make a strength roll if you succeed. Go to 93. If you fail, go to 77. All right, okay. 
So D6, uh, at the most I'm going to take, I've got 11. So at the most I'm going to take six points damage. So I'm getting through this bit. Three. So that takes me down to nine. Okay, then I need, do you know what, I'm looking at these, these are so basic. I'm going to, do you know I'm going to end up buying myself a dice bag again? Flipping those dice, right? So I want to make a strength roll. Um, strength is 40. Ah, oh, God, 80. Right, no, not happening. 77, right. Ah, the chains give a little more. You feel that you could overcome them if only you had a little more time. But as you feel the flesh of your legs char, the fire spreads up your jacket and licks at your face. And you know you have run out of time. You have burned to death in the bacon. Ah, why not try again? By making different choices, you may be able to escape the... or outwit the people of Emberhead. Ah... I perished. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I should have been nosier. Should have been nosier. I went around asking more questions. What is right? I was trying to play the character. At first, uh, the character had no indication that I think was a miss. Ruth giving her given a warning could have just been against play and what you could have done was kick things off for no reason or brought attention to yourself because if you stumbled onto something secret you just go through the thought process so if there was something secret going on but I was only meant to pass through then I started sticking my nose in that could have been worse um, yeah what it didn't do was just fall asleep and let uh may take me because what would have happened is i would have fallen asleep they would have knocked me out and i would have woken up tied up anyway oh god and once again your character sheet your say i had to give myself fast talking for example and got myself some points i might have got out past it it seems like i had i should have done maybe some research in the library and spoke the roof if I had done those things, I might have got a bit more of an inclination. But there you go. That was that. Um, obviously, the first part of this was all set up, learning the character shape, getting through some of the mechanics. But what did you think? Um, that was quite. That was quite cool. So that's something I would, um, for example, I'd keep this on a run through the game myself. I wouldn't do another stream. Excuse me, because I mean, you just kind of get the idea. But the next thing I want to do is obviously um, get Roll20. I want to have a crack at that. Get the mechanics of that set up because you know I was doing it physically here. But I want to try and work out that system and how they actually set up a game properly. Then I want to get some people, create characters. Um, I need to go through that again, the character creation process. I'm pretty sure I missed some bits out. The, the hit points thing, I'd put 80 in there, which seems now that I think about it really high. 
especially if it's a D6 uh, damage. So we'll need to figure that but out. What didn't help was the fact that the, the way they listed it doesn't follow that. So that's something I need to care of. Um, anyway, right, wrap it up there. What would you think? Was that decent? Uh, was that decent enough for your game to pass the time and get you use the system? There are loads of other ones. So if you're um, having a crack and want to play, uh, pick one up. Let us know how it goes. Uh, if you happen to stream as well and do one, drop us a link and let's have a look and see how you get on. And uh, we'll take it from there. So keep an eye on the channel and uh, we'll see where we go from here and hopefully a new game in the future. Um, remember, do all the teddy clicky things that we enjoy. And until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific. <laughs>